confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right. uh, Kind of an interesting weekend because after the balloon buffoon fiasco from the week before, this weekend actually turned into like, I don't know, that times four or something like that. Because we've shot down now at least three additional objects. Uh, one of which, according to some report from the person on the ground, was said to have been octagonal in shape. The one over the uh, the Great Lakes was octagonal in shape, and they thought it was about 20,000 feet in the air. Um, it's been interesting to listen to the commentariat on some of this, too, because some people think that this is all a big waste of time uh, to be discussing this. And now, today, China is threatening to shoot down all of our balloons that are flying over their territory. Anyway, uh, David Marcus, uh, columnist for The Daily Wire, uh, rejoins us. And you might have read him in a few other places as well, but he's, he's written on this. Biden's balloon playbook, incompetence, lying, hiding, and being overruled. David, thanks for being here. Um, what do you make of the people that are saying uh, it's no big deal and we should have never made a big deal about it to begin with? What I still can't figure out um, about any of this is whether this primarily has to do with public relations and and spinning the situation to the American people and how much of it is a legitimate national security. And I think that's the big question. Like, clearly, the Chinese spy balloon was enough for Blinken to cancel his trip to China, but only after it became public. So, I mean, the White House knew it was there, and they were still, you know, that Blinken still packing his pajamas. It was only that when it became public that, oh, you know, what, what we're outraged. So I, I don't know. There's, we need a lot more information. I'm still very confused about that point. There's some speculation that Biden has instructed the administration to, you know, low-key this whole thing because he doesn't want to, quote, mess with the relationship with China. Now, I would say that's in pretty good contrast to the way Trump handled China uh, in the administration before, where he basically said, eat dirt, pound sand, we're we're putting tariffs on you, uh, and if you don't like it, you can lump it. And you know what? They still returned his phone calls. Like They didn't necessarily like the policy, but there was at least an acknowledgement that um, you know they weren't going to just have a free hand at everything. Biden's trying to do the opposite. He's trying to like you know be nice to them at every turn, and they seem to just run right over him. No, I think that's absolutely right. And and what you'll hear from the administration and Democrats, of course, is just how vital the trading relationship with, with China is. Um, and there's some truth to that. I mean, you know, if China decided to stop sending pharmaceuticals or, you know, computer chips, we'd have a problem. But as you point out, we're not without leverage here. And we saw, you know, with Donald Trump um, that, that we can still act like a superpower when we need to and when we think it's appropriate. Uh, you know, right now, the, the White House is not acting like it needs a superpower. You literally look at Biden policy and America comes last. It's like, what can we do to help everybody else? And then then and only then will we figure out whatever we're going to do for our own people. And whether that's immigration on the southern border, whether it's letting China infringe on our sovereign airspace, whether it's after we've shot it down, uh, them sending maybe three or four more things over the weekend. Um, and and never never having a crossword to say about anybody that ever tries to cross America, and yet he kind of chides Americans when we raise our hand and say, "Sorry, Mr. President, what about us?" Yeah, look, that's absolutely right. I mean, the Biden administration, the Democratic Party, and just 
some Republicans, although fewer and fewer, uh, still operate off of what was essentially an early 90s neoliberal playbook where, you know, the Soviet Union fell. Everybody thought, like, that's it. Capitalism will happen everywhere. And so to make that happen faster, places like the United States and Western Europe would take even sort of bad trade deals. Just the, and, and China was ground zero of this. The idea being, if we trade with China as if by osmosis, they will become a freer and a more democratic place. Listen, I don't know that it was a ridiculous bet, right? We had kind of seen that with Japan, but it obviously didn't work out, and we can't keep doing it. Like, you know, we, we have to, to really change course now. Yeah, and I think that um, there's there's that other element that's all worked into this that some people have, um, well, refused to acknowledge, but I think as we get even more honest uh, assessment of what's on the laptop, that the Bidens have a personal connection to China in a way that no no former president has, uh, much less a current president. And therefore, I, I at least have to wonder, you know, to what degree is compromise uh, creating some of this stuff that we're not understanding? I'll give you the last word, David Marcus. Yeah, you know, I, I, that's hard to speculate on, but it's certainly an opportunity uh, for China to make Joe Biden sweat because, you know, even if there isn't something nefarious at this point, there is so much connection through that laptop that if China ever said, well, hey, yes, there is, you know, Biden's in a lot of trouble. So, yeah, I, you know, my hope is that the next president of the United States isn't, isn't quite so in bed with the Chinese Communist Party. I think, no, I think, I think that's well said. Uh, columnist David Marcus, thank you for being with us. Uh, read him at the Daily Wire. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Thank you.